episode 10. So I'm joined in the studio by Dimitri, Halima and Nisha and it's very warm in here <laughs> because uh, yeah they don't yeah it's summer and they don't have a fan um, but they're gonna get new ones so that's really good. Yeah so actually it's been pretty quiet here in the SU since uh, our last episode. I think everybody's been really busy with uh, initially essays and now exams. The end of everyone's essays we had a really fun final school deadline party which not everyone went to because some people were actually writing their essays up until the final <laughs> deadline but we did have quite a good turnout and we had um, a really nice vegan barbecue on the green and projections which was really fun since we last spoke we've also had a couple of other events i think we had last poets last week which is amazing and there was also the silent protest protesting uh, to prevent duty amongst other things since our last episode we also put out a kind of a type of simple question survey so if anybody had any questions they could send those in and we said that we'd like address them now during this episode so we've had a few um so yeah one that we're just gonna touch on is a question about the nss so it was just a very simple question why should we boycott the NSS. So I think Nisha is going to explain that a little bit to us. Yeah, so the NSS is the National Student Survey. It goes out every year to all final year undergraduate students. It's school, no, it's not the school's policy, sorry. It's it's the students' union policy to boycott the NSS um, because the NSS is one of the core metrics of the teaching excellence framework. And the teaching excellence framework is basically used to compare universities across the sector based on their teaching. However, the NSS in itself is kind of flawed in the way that it asks questions about teaching because it's asking you to judge teaching based on your entire time at university. So instead of kind of giving feedback within a class, what you're doing is saying, overall, I thought that I got okay teaching at university, which is not really adequate in terms of thinking about what the classes were like, how you interacted with your lecturers or with fractional members of staff, um, the content of the courses, the, the assessments that were used, all of these types of things are kind of left out of that, of that kind of analysis. So the, the survey in itself is flawed in how it assesses and um, qualifies teaching. But then filling it in as well also allows universities to kind of be ranked against each other, which is a key part of marketization. With smaller universities like SOAS and and a lot of other institutions as well, um, where performance on on these sorts of like teaching excellence framework type things is often poorer, what it means is that we come up lower on the league tables and that actually puts us at a higher risk of exiting the market. So essentially the institution might have to shut down. So even though it might seem like a really small thing just to not fill out a survey, it is actually quite important because, you know, we don't want to be continue to feed into the marketization of higher education. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this year there was so little participation that the results were nullified. Um, so I, I'm not sure about this academic year, but the last academic year when we had the um, NSS boycott campaign, um, 
essentially the campaign meant that the number of students who filled it out was so low that they can't actually use it to, yeah. to judge anything because it just it was below 50 percent mm-hmm. of the final year undergraduate yeah. students who filled it out i don't know if you saw recently that the guardian university league tables were released for this year <laughs> yeah it ain't. You see, some artists dropped from like 20 to 50 <laughs> Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think from 25 last year to now 58 in the yeah. UK. Yeah. But I, again, it's like based on all of these kinds of metrics, mm. and like within each random criteria, they give you a score out of mm. uh, 100. <clears throat> if I may add to that, um, it's precisely what Nisha was saying in terms of like the emptiness of the data that's collected in mm. these NSS in this NSS survey, as well as. Uh, other sort of metrics that make it so easy for some like for for someone for example the guardian to decide Mm. where does a university stand Mm -hmm. in relation to others number one it puts universities against each other and puts them in this mindset of competing against one another sure that's the structure of a market that students have been pushed into right now but it also like why is the guardian a newspaper deciding what university has good academic quality and not mm-hmm. right it's like even even if you're talking about like some written or some organization that like produces writing produces um, uh, texts having a say in terms of what universities might be um, strong at something or the other you wouldn't go to a newspaper you might consider the opinion of a peer-reviewed journal mm-hmm. or you might consider the the opinion of uh, a collective of academics and and, uh, and students who are working on a particular research project saying, yeah, these universities are quite good on a certain subject. But why are we taking the word of the Guardian mm-hmm. on the quality of academic institutions? Yeah, absolutely. And I think to add to that as well, it's important to think about the ramifications of, of this type of ranking. Because for us, it might seem like this is completely rubbish because it really doesn't mean that that much but for people who are coming into university those rankings are actually quite important mm-hmm. in deciding where they go to study mm-hmm. so if you see the university has kind of dropped quite far on the league tables why would you go to it why wouldn't you go to a university which is considered you know a higher ranked university mm-hmm. and then what that means is that because predominantly now the fees system means that the majority of a university's income or basically all of the university's income comes from students and student fees essentially that means that the university is kind of universities which can't attract that many students who are performing poorer on the league tables will also you know run the risk of becoming great in greater and greater debt essentially well i think that's kind of also partly what's contributed to soas's increasing debt is because they didn't have as many students apply last year who met their um, required grades Mm -hmm. as they Mm -hmm. needed and which i don't think is directly attributable to this but is this is obviously a factor yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And but I also think that what that also means is that, you know, you'll have a lot more kind of cuts being made within the university. So whether that's, you know, cuts to staffing, we've seen a lot of kind of um, professional service staff contracts, which are um, perhaps short term contracts just being kind of ended and not renewed when we do need that frontline staff and we do need admin staff. We need all of these members of staff to to make the university keep on going and in addition we could potentially see you know cuts to academic staff you know and course cuts and that sort of thing these are all part and parcel of Mm. of marketization also i just want to say that it was Salah's decision to you know maintain a, 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 a quality of students in terms of like 
who they'd accept on and what grades and um like we understand why they made that decision like universities are elitist spaces and they mm. only want certain students to attend but like the current climate for like not higher education but when you're doing your GCSEs and like a levels is, is ridiculous like it's it, ha- it comes with immense pressure and stress and they're over tested and it who's to say that if you got a b instead of an a and then didn't get it let into the university of your choice that you're then not able to like go on and achieve a first mm. like it's yeah mm-hmm. i don't understand under what criteria they d- they chose to make that decision mm. Mm. and one of the reasons that they gave for this decision to as you say maintain a certain quality according to an arbitrary <laughs> a metric of students was uh, in order for that to be reflected in precisely these league tables mm. Mm. so that they would yeah. supposedly so that the university would increase in terms of its league table position mm. or have mm. a league mm. table position that's stable um, which like which again does not happen because league tables are not in any way controlled by um, ob- by what if it exists objective metrics mm. these are controlled by panels of people who have their mm. own particular interests and who work mm. for a particular private organization mm. that doesn't necessarily have a link to, to academic excellence or to um, the empowerment mm. of students through education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, particularly don't know with this one, like where they got the data from at mm. all, if mm. especially if we're not kind of filling in those kinds of surveys. So I don't really understand where that's come from. Mm-hmm. Any data that they that they do collect would then have to be just like extrapolated, mm-hmm. um, which is just makes I really n- makes it not reflective of mm-hmm. yeah general student experience. But hopefully that answers people's question. A <laughs> 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 uh, bit of a longer answer than uh, we anticipated, but a good one um, about why why it's important to boycott the NSS and why it will continue to be important to boycott the NSS as years go on. Another question that we got through the anonymous online form was a a question about specific students in relation to the events that happened on March 16th, which was the final day of the UCU strike, um, which turned into a hard picket. And it was a specific question about uh, students that are going through um, disciplinary procedures at present. And so, yeah, we thought it would be a good opportunity to kind of talk a little bit about that. Yeah, there's a lot to say here, but I think what needs to be stressed uh, is that two months after, over two months after the the protest for which students are being taken through disciplinaries, we, I mean, I personally and a number of students who are going through the process have uh, lost trust that SOAS is following due process uh, as outlined in the student disciplinary procedure and I also feel that they're doing this to vindicatively pursue and target and intimidate particular students who participated uh, in the protest on that day as well as intimidate anyone else who might think of partaking in protest for an issue that might be of their concern whilst they're here at SOAS and partaking in a protest that is critical of the university's position. So it's a very concerning state of affairs. Why I've come to this conclusion, why a number of people come to this conclusion is, number one, how long everything has dragged out. The fact that evidence has been very clearly presented to students in their disciplinary hearings showing that they have not, that they were in no way being 
uh, enactors of violence on the day. Instead, they received violence on behalf of a number of different members of the community and um, nothing has been done against those people, but they're the one, the students are the ones who are going through the disciplinary process. And then number two, we also know that a student who was also a victim of violence on the day and um, ended up uh, having to go to hospital because of it on the day um, has complained to the university and the university hasn't taken up this student's complaint. And uh, we strongly suspect that they didn't take up that complaint because this student was uh, partaking in the protest. On top of that, this very stu same student is now facing a disciplinary themselves f for having partaken in the protest. Um, so it's an attack, uh, definitely an attack on the right to protest on campus, an attack on the right to criticise our own institution, but it is also a, a complete foregoing of the university's duty of care towards students by taking students through disciplinary process whilst they're going through the final school deadline, through their exams. I'd urge any students who are listening to this to think about how it would feel not knowing whether or not your status as a student is secure whilst you're writing your, your exams and knowing that the evidence that you're presenting to the university isn't being taken seriously. Mm. And so that's why it's a very grave concern. Yeah, and, and students will, be, will rightfully be taking action to put pressure on the university to drop these uh, disciplinaries and that's the only course of action that seems suitable at this point. Just to give a bit of overview, because I don't think I said that earlier, um, this question, I think, and what, what we're just talking about is in relation to what happened on the day of the hard picket, but particularly in relation to complaints that were submitted on both sides, both from people who participated in the hard picket as well as people trying to enter the building. And so this disciplinary procedure that's being kind of pursued by all involved and including with the school is, uh, yeah, what we were just discussing. Another question that was submitted to the form was about the women's wudu facility and just kind of a general concern about the condition of the wudu f facility compared to the men's facility. So this is something that um, the Students' Union is taking up with relevant people. But if there are any listeners who have concerns about this um, or kind of want to feed into the process, feel free to get in touch with the sabbatical officers. Cool. So that's kind of most of the questions. <laughs> yeah. We're, so we're going to try and, and do that. I think we're probably only going to have one more episode this year. Um, but we quite like the format of having of giving people the opportunity to kind of feed in if they have specific things that they want to address. Of course, you know, the door to the SU is always open. So if you ever have a question, feel free to go into G8 to ask the sabbatical officers. But if you prefer, you can use this kind of anonymous process of submitting a question and we'll be happy to discuss things. So other things that we just wanted to touch on was something that we've been talking about this year and that's come up a few times, which is related to constitutional reform of the Students' Union. So Nisha was just going to talk quickly about that. Constitutional reform is something we've been thinking about a lot this year, particularly in light of some of the student concerns raised kind of around the time of the final UGM of the year, around representation and the ways in which um, people were feeding into decision-making processes within the students union. So over the summer what we're thinking of doing is having a look at the aspects of the constitution which we can we can shape. There are some things that we can update without passing it through a UGM because it's a change to the to the schedules which are attached to the constitution but kind of not necessarily a formal part of it. So for instance what the chair says at the beginning of the UGM we can update that um, because that doesn't have to pass through a UGM. But bigger things such as 
you know, if we want to change the way in which voting happens in the in the students' union, or we want to make substantial changes to the ways in which UGMs operate, or to or kind of add in an element around caucuses, all of those things are quite substantial changes to the constitution. So we'll have to pass through a UGM, which is kind of weird because if you're changing a UGM, you have to sort of do it through the old model. But so what so what we'll probably do is do some kind of smaller, just superficial updates to the constitution and the schedules and then some recommendations for perhaps deeper changes. We won't just make those recommendations on our own. We'll hopefully try and reach out to to students to help inform that. Um, And we'll also look to the results of the SU survey, which is still live and ongoing. And there are a couple of questions in there, particularly around decision-making processes and and voting and that kind of thing. So make sure that you look out for those and help feed into that process. Yeah, so this SU survey can be accessed on soesunion.org website. Um, if you fill it in, you're also in with a chance of winning uh, 50 pounds. And there's five different lots of 50 pounds. So that's pretty good, pretty good chance. And there's also a lot of money. So, um, yeah, but also, it's yeah, it's just cash. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was a voucher. No, it's cash. Can I sign? Can I fill it out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Hmm? <laughs> you're members of the union. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Do you reckon they'll vote of no confidence? That's <laughs> again, the four of you (laughs) (laughs) ran no there's five prizes of 50 pounds yeah (laughs) i'll I'll take two prizes um yeah so anyway how does it get selected um i I think antonia selects it so i don't know antonia antonia does so it is a biased process guys (laughs) no no no, but as in i don't think she selects it but she does she (laughs) she does the random selection process so i think it's like yeah i don't know what that exact process is yeah Anyway, um, so, but yeah, so that's open until the 11th of June. Um, so strongly to encourage you. It's, yeah, it's just a good opportunity to feed into how the SU is doing, what you'd like to change, and it, it covers a whole host of different areas. So strongly, strongly encourage you to fill it out, particularly if you have a lot of criticism or, you know, also or if you praise. don't. <laughs> or yeah. praise. But it's, it's good. No, but it is good to get, because um, there's also an opportunity to write in comments as well as kind of, these ranking grading systems. So that's that. The other just very quick thing we want to talk about, again, very beginning of the process, but basically the green, which is that green space between Senate House and the Brunei Gallery, is under threat from being developed on. So again, we don't have loads of information about this, Mm -hmm. um, but we do know it's kind of on the cards. Yeah, and we also know that what like we know what development looks like mm. in central London, and that is often just more tall buildings and um, and more expensive coffee shops, the cafe type of coffee shop, not the interesting ones. Yeah, and so the council does have a policy whereby if green spaces are taken away, they need to be replaced. But what we've seen in the past uh, in central London in Camden Council. Um, is that when green spaces are taken away, they're given an exemption. The developers are given an exemption and they don't have to replace the green space. Um, And that's quite likely to happen further down the line with the space that we have here. And and that would mean kind of no more free barbecues on the green, no no more open-air cinema, you know? There's so much potential with that space as well. Like, it's really underutilised at the moment. If we really wanted to invest time and energy into it, we could 
when we think about community garden, mm. different things. Yeah, and if anybody who's listening is interested in doing more activities there, it's definitely like a usable space. So feel free to uh, email any of the co-presidents about that. But I think the green is considered one of the like, quote, last uh, developable spaces in the whole of Bloomsbury. So I think it's really in demand in that sense. And I think a lot of different parties are like very keen to build whatever it is that they can to ensure that they're the ones who kind of like have ownership over it. So that's something that we're aware of and are thinking what effective steps would be to ensure that it kind of remains a, a nice green space that SOAS and also just like the surrounding community can use. Um, so that's just a few different things of what's going on. Uh, we also just want to talk a little bit about what's coming up. Really excitingly, it's like the last week of exams. So some people have already finished, which is really cool. But for, for those of you who have their exams on the last day, Halima, um, <laughs> it's almost there, really almost there. And luckily, there's lots of like really fun things that are coming up to celebrate that. So hopefully that will kind of like, you know, just get people through. Um, so one of those things is the we're going to ha- be having a, an end of exam barbecue on the green, which is going to be on Wednesday at around 2 p.m. So feel free to come to that. So that's open to all. Um, there's also going to be the end of your party. I actually don't know that much about the end of your party, so I don't know if anybody... It's called Summer of Soul. Um, you guys are in for a real treat. There are going to be projections. Mm-hmm. It's going to be reggaeton and soul and Latin music. And there are, like, multiple floors in Electroworks. It's, like, a really cool venue and space. And tickets are on sale now on the SC website. And they're going fast. And there's a current... There's a deal right now, right? Where it's, like, £8 now and £10... I actually think maybe 12. 12 pounds? Oh, okay, so get them quick. Because <laughs> I'm sure there'll be more on the door. Yeah. Cool. There's also going to be face painting. Yeah, Woo. I forgot about that. <laughs> maybe fight. No, I'm not sure if there's fire breathing. I actually think there might be. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> goodness. And the Exodus. The Exodus is the best part where we're all going to walk to Electroworks together, which is an angel um, with loads of music and just like good vibes mm. and mm. and by walk Halima means dance dance absolutely <laughs> through the streets to the samba band yeah. um, and Nisha's never been so this oh could be gosh. her first like, first, first and last, last exodus <laughs> so you never went to any of the exodus I know <laughs> even your first year no because the club was right next to Dimwitty, so I just rolled on over oh, I was so scholar. lazy no still that's so I, I recommend on Wednesday for people to go to the barbecue and then just maybe chill for a bit. And then in the evening, uh, just hang out at SOAS and the bar. Oh, yeah, Dimitri's got a point. <laughs> there is also, um, on that same day, the 6th of June, uh, the strike by University of London outsourced workers who are very close to winning the similar promise to being brought in-house as the outsourced workers did here. So supporting the strike on that day is really crucial because it might be your last day in London, the last day you can support them. But also uh, because they are quite close to their, to their goal and having a lot of students there saying that this is not only a fight for workers to be treated decently and fairly and equally with their colleagues, but it's also to build um, the educational communities that we want to see where everyone is considered to be partaking in that project as opposed to some people being well recognized and others being invisibilized and mistreated because of that so yeah do join in the strike there's going to be picket lines uh, outside university of london senate house um there'll be a protest in the evening around 5 30 p.m come down to that and go party hard afterwards 
Okay, so lots of different things to happen on that Wednesday. So yeah, I think the picket line for that is in the morning, right? The starting so in the morning. So picket line starts at 6am and the protest is at 5.30pm. Okay, so got picket lines, got exams, got barbecue, got the SU bar, got the exodus I think is leaving from SOAS at 9pm, heading to uh, Electroworks and then the doors open also at Electroworks at 9pm. So, um, And then I think at Electroworks there are going to be projections as Halima mentioned and for that it's going to be projections of photos from throughout the year. Yeah, we thought it would be nice to kind of celebrate and commemorate all of the memories from the year. So if you have any photos of anything that happened at SOAS this year that you really want to celebrate and see up on the projected up on the wall, um, please send them to me. My email address is np40 at soas.ac.uk. Cool. So um, so that will be a really, really fun week. Um, so really looking forward to that. Um, apart from that, in terms of things coming up, actually next Friday we are running exec training for next year's exec, which is really exciting. I'm building up to kind of handover but that's going to be happening later on in July. Other than that, next week, we're also having a secondhand bike sale on Tuesday. So if you want to pick up a bike, come along to that. Also, if you have a bike that you want to get rid of, you can actually bring it along to that. Yeah, they can you, They can do bike swap or they do different things. So if you bring it, they can either even take it to sell on or to fix up. Um, or if you want to do bike swap, either you can do it directly or they might take it as, you know, you might get a discount on one of the bikes that they have, depending on like what what it is that you're doing so or if you have a bike that you also want to sell you could always just bring your bike to sell it to someone else oh. there <laughs> whatever um and we'll be selling bike locks and bike lights um so definitely come over so that will be 11 a.m on tuesday june 5th so apart from that i think there's also a couple of other events coming up on june 12th there's the uh there's an environmental workshop which is uh, to mark the newly launched environmental campaign, which is aiming to sell reusable men- different kinds of menstrual products on campus. So come along to that if you're interested in finding out more about different things. So there's obviously menstrual cups, but also, you know, reusable pads, reusable tampons, all sorts of other kinds of products. So feel free to come along if you want to learn more. So that'll be June 12th. I think there's also the Decolonizing Sexuality Workshop. Conference? Decolonizing Sexuality Conference. Yeah, so there's a... 8th and 9th of June. Cool. And tickets are available on their Facebook page. If you just type in decolonizing sexuality to Facebook, um, you'll be able to find the Eventbrite. On the 12th of June is also the commemoration of SOAS orchestrated uh, deportations of uh, cleaners in 2009. For those who don't know, the University, along with the private company at that time, Oasis, organised a essentially a surprise UK border agency intervention on campus in the what's known as the DLT or G2, uh, the also known as the Lucas Lecture Theatre, on the 12th of June 2009, where nine cleaners were from which nine cleaners were handcuffed and put into vans and deported within the next uh, 48 hours to countries of where they have papers from. And SOAS has abdicated uh, responsibility and refused to apologise for what happens on that day ever since. And yeah, so the Justice for Cleaners, Justice for Workers campaign has ever since uh, held a commemoration on the 12th of June uh, to remember the comrades who were taken away that day and to protest the violence that the university continues to enact or condone by 
committing these acts or closing its eyes when these acts happen. So there'll be an event on that there'll day? There'll be an event, probably um, an event outside if the weather is nice. Uh, yeah, but there'll be more information soon. I think June 14th is also the one-year anniversary of the Grenfell atrocity so i think there'll be i mean they have a silent march every month on that day but i think the the one year mark will be a much bigger event which would be yeah important to go to there are obviously loads of different things also coming up um but i think that's kind of it for now if we're finishing up can i just say one thing I know that it's been like such a crazy year for everybody, but well done to everyone for getting through their exams. And if you had to delay or defer some of your assessment or exams for summer resets, we're going to be here all summer to help you out. So make sure you keep on coming in and saying hi. All right. So I guess that's goodbye from us. Bye. Bye. See you at the barbecue. Thank you.